the pandemic, social unrest, the state, and the White House. You are listening to The John DePietro Show. At 106 on this Monday, good afternoon. You're listening to The John DePietro Show. Folks, it's AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. This portion of the program is brought to you by the Lodge Pub and Eatery. Stop in and see them. 40 Breakneck Hill Road in Lincoln. Delicious food. A feast, if you will. They're waiting for you at the Lodge Pub Eatery. Make sure you also check out the uh, tremendous new deck that they have. Tremendous um, new deck that they have. Well, folks, again, good afternoon right now at 106. Uh, I'm looking at the, um, boy, that horrible fire over the course of the weekend yesterday in New York City in the in the Bronx. The, the pictures are just Brutal. What a horror show in uh, blinding smoke. But on this Monday, and it is January 10th, and tonight is the national championship game. You um, folks, the virus is is not only the story, it's incredible just how badly uh, Rhode Island is actually doing with the virus. According to the New York Times... We are um, considered the worst state in the country right now as far as the spread. And what's also um, interesting is just how much um, that Governor McKee, as I said, was, was saying that, you know, he, he's been saying, and I don't know where it came from. This business that somehow that, you know, Rhode Island is number one in the country. And he loves saying that. You know, we're number one in the country right now. Rhode Island is number one in the country. It 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 just it doesn't it doesn't make sense to anyone. I I've been saying that. I don't know what that's supposed to mean. Um, <clears throat> I don't know what that was was supposed to mean, but COVID is still problematic. I want to go to, uh, this is the Good Morning America piece. Chicago schools cancel class fourth consecutive day because of the virus. And this is, listen, this is a major problem because you're also seeing other school districts. And then you have the union in Rhode Island that they want to uh, close down the schools in Rhode Island. This is the piece on Good Morning America. After the teachers' union and city failed to reach an agreement, union officials now proposing students begin virtual learning on Wednesday with a return to in-person on January 18th if COVID cases are not surging. And hopefully produce confidence that we're not talking about a long, indefinite period where schools are remote. The Chicago's mayor and the school superintendent rejecting the proposal. I think my kids' education is being hurt by it. I don't think kids should be on the computer for eight hours a day. The Omicron surge impacting school districts across the country. In Philadelphia, officials say more than 90 schools will go remote this week. But two of the country's largest school districts are taking a different approach. New York City Public Schools in their second week of in-person learning. And L.A. Unified Schools expecting to do the same tomorrow. Many health experts say in-person learning is safe. If people wear high-quality masks, even without those other 
other upgrades which I would like to see, it still is safe to, uh, for kids and teachers to be back in school. This as hospitals around the country feel the strain of the surge while managing mounting staff shortages. More than 130,000 people are currently hospitalized, just shy of a pandemic high. As cases continue to rise, so does the demand for testing. And this morning, ABC News learning the Biden administration's plan to send 500 million at-home tests to Americans is still expected to be weeks away, uh, unlikely to come in time for the current surge sweeping the country. Wow. And ABC News has talked to a number of companies who say ramping up production is going to take time. The Biden administration hopes to get those first tests out by the end of the month. George? That, that's ridiculous. You know, it was ridiculous when he announced that he would have them in mid-January and there was no plan for it. Folks, but I right now at 110, I, I would also argue that Governor McKee may not realize it, but I, I would argue that I think a big part of his Governor McKee success is is also, you know, from President Biden. I, I think it's it's tied in with with um, I think Governor McKee is tied in with that is is what I wanted to explain that Dr. Ja, you know, you just heard him. Um, explain. I want to play more of this. He he can't stress enough that children belong in school, and this is not what the teachers' unions want to do. This was yesterday on ABC's This Week with George Stephanopoulos from Brown University, Dr. Ja. CDC has taken some heat, including from you, over their Omicron guidance. Five days of isolation, but no requirement of a negative test after that. Uh, what do you recommend? Yeah, what I think is, first and foremost, the first five days are critical. That's the period when people are most contagious. So if more Americans could stay home and away from others for the first five days, it would make an enormous difference. Beyond the first five days, I think, and I've sort of advocated for this quite, for quite a while, is you should get a negative antigen test. And one of those rapid tests, if it's negative, then you should feel much more comfortable going back into society. Uh, when those tests are not available, and that's the challenge CDC is facing, how do you recommend something that people can't do, then it is absolutely essential that people mask up and wear a high-quality mask diligently for the next five days. You know, that is, um, and I know some people are fighting against this, but he continues to talk about children belong. This is Dr. Ja from Brown University. Children belong in school. Meantime, we also have this issue with the schools going on right now. Uh, parents, understandably, are, are having a hard time dealing uh, with remote learning. So many parents have to work. Teachers and others who work at schools are saying, but wait a second, it, we're just not sure that it's safe. And we don't have the staffing right now because Omicron is spreading so widely. How do we handle that? How do we balance that out? Yeah, so first of all, remote learning has been a disaster for America's kids, and I think we have to acknowledge that, and we have to do everything we can to minimize any further remote learning. Look, I understand teachers' frustrations. A lot of school districts did not put in, uh, did not use the billions of dollars that they had gotten to put in improvements in ventilation and and other upgrades. So the question is, can you still have school in the middle of a surge? And the answer is you can. Because if people are vaccinated, teachers should be all vaccinated and boosted. Uh, If people wear high-quality masks, even without those other upgrades, which I would like to see, it still is safe uh, for kids and teachers to be back in school. So I think at this point, there's really no good explanation for having remote schools. You know, and that's the thing, folks. There you have Dr. Ja from Brown University speaking with George Stephanopoulos. 
And yet the real question is going to be, is, is Governor McKee, is he prepared to stand up to Bob Walsh and the teachers unions that completely want to go remote learning? Right. That that's what this is to distance learning, shutting down the schools. Um, this is a big test this week. Right now in real time is Governor McKee. Is he going to stand up to the teachers union and instead insist I want these children in school? And I like the fact that. Dr. Ja <clears throat> is not afraid to say that it's been a disaster. And what was so, um, was never fully explained, and she's gotten a free pass, is this business where, as I, and I've mentioned this in the past, how Governor Raimondo, for whatever reason, foolishness, saying that, um, saying that, in, in essence, that Rhode Island was number one in distance. That, that's just foolish. Now, I also want to, at 115, folks, and I mentioned this the other day, Tucker Carlson went after Senator Ted Cruz. I've been asked by several of you to replay it. This is what it sounded Congress, like. Conservative, but he referred publicly to what happened on January 6th as quote a violent terror attack. Here it is. Uh, we are approaching a solemn anniversary this week, uh, and it is an anniversary of a violent terrorist attack on the Capitol, where we saw the men and women of law enforcement demonstrate incredible courage, incredible bravery, uh, risk their lives uh, to defend the men and women who serve in this Capitol. Senator Cruz was game enough to come on tonight. We appreciate that. He joins us now. Senator, thanks so much for coming on. So I guess what I, I mean, there are a lot of dumb people in the Congress. You're not one of them. I think you're smarter than I am. Uh, and you never use words carelessly. Um, and yet you called this a terror attack when by no definition was it a terror attack. That's a lie. You told that lie on purpose. And I'm wondering why you did. Well, Tucker, thank you for having me on. When you aired your episode last night, I, I sent you a text shortly thereafter and said, listen, I'd like to go on because uh, the way I phrased things yesterday, it, it was sloppy and, and it was frankly dumb. And, I don't and buy that. Whoa, 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 whoa. I don't buy that. For, look, I've known you a long time since before you went to the Senate. You're a Supreme Court contender. You take words as seriously as any man who's ever served in the Senate. And every word you repeated that phrase, I do not believe that you used that accidentally. I just don't. It's, so, Tucker, as a result of my sloppy phrasing, it's caused a lot of people to misunderstand what I meant. Let me tell you what, what I meant to say. What I was referring to are, are the limited number of people who engaged in violent attacks against police officers. Now, I think you and I both agree that if you assault a police officer, you should go to jail. That's who I was talking about. And the reason the phrasing was sloppy is I have talked dozens, if not hundreds of times. I've drawn a distinction. I wasn't saying that the thousands of peaceful protesters supporting Donald Trump are somehow terrorists. I wasn't saying the millions of, of, of patriots across the country supporting President Trump are terrorists. And that's what a lot of people have misunderstood. Well, that wait a second, but even you, yeah. wait, hold on, what you just said doesn't make sense. So if somebody assaults a cop, he should be charged and go to jail. I couldn't agree more. We've said that for years. But that person's still not a terrorist. How many people have been charged with terrorism? On January 6th. Like, why'd you use that word? You're playing into the other side's 
characterization that, as Joe Kent just explained, allows them to define an entire population as foreign combatants. And you know that. So why'd you do it? So, so Tucker, let me answer you directly. The, the reason I use that word for a decade, I have referred to people who violently assault police officers as terrorists. I've done so over and over and over again. If you look at all the assaults we've seen across the country, I've called that terrorism over and over again. That being said, Tucker, I agree with you. It was a mistake to say that yesterday, and the reason is what you just said, which is we've now had a year of Democrats and the media twisting words and trying to say that all of us are terrorists, trying to say you're a terrorist, I'm a terrorist, and so look, I don't like people who, who assault cops, and, and, and I stand up and defend cops, and, and the reason I use that word is that's the word I've always used for people that violently attack cops. But in this context, I get why people were angry, because we've had a year of the corrupt corporate media and Democrats claiming anyone who, who objected to, to the election fraud. And by the way, remember what was happening during wait, 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 wait. Can, can I just ask, hold on, you work in this, I just, I guess I just don't believe you. And I mean that with respect, because I have such respect for your acuity and your precision, and I've seen it on display, I've covered you as a reporter, I know how you speak. And you have sat there for a year and watched people use language to distort the events of that day. Intentionally. Insurrection. Coup. And, and it, of course, terrorism. Insurrection. Saying it's an insurrection is a political term. It's a lie. I've repeatedly denounced it. And, and, and when it comes to, look, I was focusing on what I normally say, that what you aired was a little 15-second snippet. What I normally say is violence is wrong, peaceful protest is right. If you engage in violence, you should be prosecuted. If you're speaking, you have a right to speak. All I right. say that all the time. Well, I meant and I agree. In that snippet. So who's Ray Epps, by the way, since you are a senator? Like, he and this other guy are clearly encouraging yeah. the crowd to commit crimes, Neither one has been arrested or charged. What is that, do you think? So I think that is a very good question. I don't know who Ray Epps is. I've seen that video multiple times. It's disturbing. Right? He's clearly urging the crowd to violate the law. When you see the crowd start chanting, fed, 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 for him to appear on the FBI's most wanted list and come off, it certainly suggests he was working for the FBI. That's not conclusive, but that's the obvious implication. And the Attorney General and the Department of Justice won't answer the question. Tucker, I can tell you, I joined with a number of other senators trying to get the Biden DOJ to answer the question why so many January 6 prisoners are in solitary confinement, why they're be tr being treated so much worse than the Antifa rioters and, and, and the people who committed firebombing and, and a year of riots across the country. And this Biden DOJ won't go after them. But let me also make a quick point, Tucker. Remember, while, while thousands of people were standing up to defend this country on January 6th, at that exact moment, I was standing on the Senate floor objecting to the election results, demanding that we, we, we impanel election commission to consider evidence of voter fraud. And I brought together 11 senators to join me in supporting getting to the bottom of that. So, of course, it would be ridiculous. For me to be saying that the people standing up and protesting to follow the law were somehow terrorists. I was talking about people who commit violence against cops. And you and I both agree, if you commit violence against cops, you should go to jail. Yeah, but you're not a terrorist. You know, you're not. You're a guy you, who you assaults a cop. Okay, so I, that, there's, a, there's, a, there's a legal difference, as you well know better than I do, since you were actually in the running for the Supreme Court. 
And there's a moral difference between a guy, you know, the, the, the right. reason I use that word is for a decade, I've used that word for people that violently assault cops. I use that word all in 2020 for the Antifa and BLM terrorists that assaulted cops and firebomb police cars. But I agree, it was a mistake to use the word yesterday because the Democrats and the corporate media have so politicized it. They're yeah. trying to paint everyone as a terrorist, and it's a well, exactly. lie. And by the way, I've spoken out vocally against your change you just had. They want to paint us as Nazis. Yes, that, scary. that is what they're trying to do. And I just, look, I'm the one leading the fight in the Senate against this garbage. And it's what Good. I have been doing, and it's what I'll continue doing. Well, I appreciate your coming on tonight. Thank you very much, Senator Ted. All right, folks, and again, that was Senator Ted Cruz <clears throat> on with uh, Tucker Carlson. Right now, good afternoon on this Monday. It's 122. You're listening to The John DePietro Show. I also just want to play. Tucker Carlson um, really went after that Justice Sotomayor who was spreading false information about the virus. Let me just, um, do we have that? Yes. All right. Let me play this. Where does that come from? Here we go. There are oral arguments in the Supreme Court today. The question is whether the Biden administration can force millions of American citizens to take medicine they don't want or need. Now, Justice Sotomayor, who by all accounts is not a super genius, to put it mildly, showed up with no facts at all. Sotomayor proceeded to claim that COVID deaths are at an all-time high. That's untrue. That Omicron is deadlier than Delta. That's just insane. And that 100,000 American children are currently hospitalized with the virus. Like, that's... Where does that come from? What is she reading? Get off Twitter, Sotomayor. Erickson is the attorney general of the state of Missouri. His office has argued against the mandate at the court today, along with the state of Louisiana. Erickson joins us tonight. Thank you so much for coming on. Um, so, uh, you know, I'm not going to put you in a position to criticize the sitting Supreme Court justice, but I have to ask, do you think that your attempt to invalidate these unconstitutional mandates will be successful? I do. I mean, look, and I think this is one of the most consequential cases the Supreme Court's ever heard. I mean, this was a showdown today, especially if you care about individual liberty and personal freedom, because it comes down to this central question, Tucker. Can unelected bureaucrats, without any constitutional or statutory authority, force a medical procedure on 100 million Americans? The answer to that should be no. And by the way, the scary thing here is, if they are successful, if Biden is successful, there's no limiting principle here. There's no limiting principle for these agencies. For example, with climate change why wouldn't you just you know it's a it's an existential threat we're at a tipping point department of uh, transportation ep yeah weaponize them to go tell you what you can drive when you can drive and for how long and mark my words tucker we're probably a couple months away from the midterm variant where it's not safe to vote in person and we've got mass you know mail-in balloting and political operatives got to collect grandma's ballot i mean the pathway to tyranny right. is paved with these kinds of emergency yep. executive orders which is why this case is so important Especially when the boosters aren't working. I mean, there's evidence that people who get the booster are more likely to get the latest variant. So, I mean, this is truly scary behavior. And I'm wondering, if I'm reading it correctly, it's just you and the AG from Louisiana. There are a lot of Republican attorneys general. Why aren't they joining you in this? Well, there are a lot, no, uh, to be clear, a lot of, uh, these were separated into different circuits and then consolidated. Okay. So there's a number of Republican AGs. Missouri led the charge. Louisiana helped lead the charge, too. And so we just had the opportunity to present on the OSHA and the CMS mandate. But again, you think about this, Tucker, and, and Justice uh, Kagan mentioned this, that she didn't know a lot about rural, rural America. The reality here is, 
Rural hospitals are going to close. Rural nursing homes will close. That patient with dementia is going to end up in a place he's not familiar with. Somebody's going to have to go a couple hundred miles for a heart procedure. All because the bureaucrats in D.C. at their cocktail parties don't ever consider the consequences for real America. And that's what this is about, in addition to the fact that this is a broad, expansive authority for administrative agencies. I don't think we want to have a country where the administrative state is that powerful, which is, again, why I think this case is so important. I, I agree with you completely, and I'm grateful that you're... Folks, again, uh, good afternoon. Right now at 126, you're listening to the John DePietro Show on AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at our website, which is dePietro.com. It's not your imagination. It's going to get very cold over the next few days. This is a real Arctic blast. This will probably be the coldest... It's um, the coldest it's been in Rhode Island this year anyway. And I don't remember the last time it was uh, as cold as it's about to be. As, as cold as it's about to be. Um, I'm seeing right now teachers unions again call for Rhode Island to shift to remote learning. What a disgrace. Uh, let's see what, what um, we met with our local union president last week. And it's not healthy to say, says NEA President Larry Pertell. Um, we're trying to decide if it should remain open. There's pressure coming from the Rhode Island Department of Ed and Health to keep schools open. Uh, some superintendents report the Rhode Island Department of Education has been a roadblock in allowing them flexibility to make these decisions. Many would prefer distance learning. Uh, so basically, folks, they want to shut the schools down. So let's see uh, if, in fact, they're going to allow them to shut the schools down. I'm still waiting to see. um, I'm waiting to see whether or not if Governor McKee is going to respond to this. Yeah. Now, right now, Governor McKee put out this information. New walkthrough rapid test site, City of East Providence. Um, <clears throat> he keeps putting that stuff up. But some of the people were, were showing up at testing sites that the website said that they were drive-through. And then when people were arriving there, they were finding out that they were walk-up. So that is not working um, Efficiently, that's for sure. Uh, but Governor McKee, he's not, he's not right now responding to uh, the the uh, teachers union. Right now, they're not. Um, yeah, this is. Um, See, everything, they, they refuse to deal with the fact that children belong in schools. So we're going to have to wait and see if the Rhode Island Department of Health and Governor McKee, if they're going to cave on this whole thing. You know, what's also interesting is the CDC director, Rochelle Walensky, had said that COVID vaccine can't stop the transmission Folks, there's just so much 
infighting of and in the the problem with the CDC CDC just admitted three COVID truths of two years of lies. Why did they think we wouldn't notice? Um, I don't. Um, I, I I don't understand why there's so much confusion about this. But they're putting out a lot of confusing information. <clears throat> now I'm also seeing this New York City man, 72-year-old New York man, was arrested, charged of threatening to kill former President Trump. Uh, doesn't appear there was ever any danger. The man's accused of making threats directly to the Secret Service. Listen, it's still a a nut. Have you ever saw a taxi driver? What's his name? Thomas Wolinecki, 72, phoning in threats to the Secret Service. 72-year-old New York man was arrested today, charged with threatening to kill former President Donald Trump. Um, He repeatedly made threats against the president, several phone calls to the Secret Service beginning a year ago, continuing last September, November, and December. Accused of making similar statements to the U.S. Capitol Police. I'm going to do anything I can to take out President Trump, he said, in a voicemail message, Secret Service, January 4th. Oh, yeah, that's a threat. Come and arrest me. Well, he got his wish. He's not identified by the name of the complaint, but they believe that's who it was. He called the Secret Service three times from his cell phone on or around November 8th. Identified himself by name each time. During the first call, he referred to President Trump as Hitler. I will do everything I can to make sure individual one is it. I mean, I don't know what, what was taking so long. July 2020, bragged the U.S. Capitol Police how easy it was to obtain a firearm. I don't want to hurt anyone, but I will stand up. If that, boy, they love using the word fascist. Um, <clears throat> he's scheduled to appear Monday, federal court. Um, I, I don't know what to make of that, folks. I, I don't know what to make of that. Let's see. The Giants are not going to fire Joe Judge. <laughs> He's getting another year. He's getting another year. How about this, folks? A new poll, 68% of Americans say the economy is the biggest concern. Only 37% say COVID. I, I agree with that. Um, the White House once again offers a bizarre message on inflation. Listen, he, he doesn't have a handle on what's going on. I mean, can we just <clears throat> can we just admit that for crying out loud? He doesn't the president doesn't have a handle on on what's going on. Not even close. So now the question is whether or not the people that he has surrounded himself with can get us out of this. Um, let's see some other headlines at 1:33 on this Monday. Yankees set to announce first female manager of a minor league baseball team. Congratulations. Um, let me see what else. Um, I want to um, just find the the COVID situation, folks. It. Right now, this week, it sounds like this could be the worst week um, for quite some time. And then hopefully things will start to calm down a little bit. But right now, it's it's not our imagination. It is, um, things are really flying right now. 
and 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 right now it is is throwing off. So immediately the the teachers unions move into, all right, that's it. We have to go into distance learning, even though, right, both the White House and the CDC said and promised that they would in fact. They would um, keep the schools open. And I'm anxious to see, let me just see this. Uh, Rhode Island Department of Health, no facilities have gone back to crisis levels of staffing in the past week. All right. So they're trying to say that they have a handle on the hospital situation. But I'm going to reiterate what I have said in the past. And that is, folks, if you can avoid it. You do not want to have to go to the emergency room uh, by all accounts. See your primary care physician before you decide that you're going to um, go into the hospital. Now, there's also a new COVID protocol that they say is starting today. You know, this, this is rotten what they're doing to these children. It just is. And I, I'm anxious to see where this is going to end, where you... Who's going to win this battle? The head of the teachers union is saying, no, we're going to distance learning. And then a lot of people, it's, you know, will will take a long weekend because a week from today is Martin Luther King. And all the parents want the, and, and uh, even Dr. Ja has said that the schools should be open. Um. Look at this. Chicago Union chief calls mayor stupid as school closure fight continues. But see, this this is the problem. The, the teachers unions and a lot of the heads, as I said earlier, they're activists. And so that they, you know, then get into the fight. And right now they're fighting with the mayor of Chicago, who is demanding that they go back into the classroom. And they're defying Right now, the teachers unions, so I'm curious to see what's going to happen here in Rhode Island where the teachers unions are very, very strong. And so because of what's going on in Chicago, you start to see others start to, you know, decide other Elements of the teachers union and other school districts start to announce. And, you know, and we're also going to go distance learning. But I think that's why Dr. Jara Brown University, who's, you know, a contributor and he's the guy for ABC, widely respected and regarded. Um, but Dr. Ja has said, no, those those children belong in the classroom. Those children should absolutely, and in close at a home, folks, Governor McKee is one of the people he's talking about. He's sitting on $1 billion. Why hasn't that money been used to protect the schools more? Whatever it may be, to make it happen, to get those children in the schools. And they they just, they, they won't do it. So, but I thought he was... Um, Dr. Ja, who is, you know, he's got such a demeanor and very, very knowledgeable. I understand that Dr. Nicole Alexander-Scott is the head of the Rhode Island Department of Health, but 
to have someone like like that, like Dr. Ja, um, I don't uh, understand why Governor McKee does not uh, try to tap into him a little bit more. I mean, we're very fortunate that he's right here in Rhode Island at Brown University. I want to play. This was um, Dr. Ja yesterday on This Week with George Stephanopoulos. We also have this issue with the schools going on right now. Uh, parents, understandably, are, are having a hard time dealing uh, with remote learning. So many parents have to work. Teachers and others who work at schools are saying, but wait a second, if we're just not sure that it's safe and we don't have the staffing right now because Omicron is spreading so widely. How do we handle that? How do we balance that out? Yeah, so first of all, remote learning has been a disaster for America's kids, and I think we have to acknowledge that, and we have to do everything we can to minimize any further remote learning. Look, I understand teachers' frustrations. A lot of school districts did not put in, uh, did not use the billions of dollars that they had gotten to put in improvements in ventilation and, and other upgrades. So the question is, can you still have school in the middle of a surge? And the answer is you can. Because if people are vaccinated, teachers should be all vaccinated and boosted. Uh, if people wear high-quality masks, even without those other upgrades, which I would like to see, it still is safe to, uh, for kids and teachers to be back in school. So I think at this point, there's really no good explanation for having remote schools. You know, and that is, um, as I've been telling you folks, and yet the situation right now where you have the mayor of Chicago, um, Lori, Lori Lightfoot, and trying to get them back into the classroom. I mean, it is just, it's so embarrassing right now. I mean, just Mayor Lori Lightfoot. And for her to continue to insist what the Chicago Teachers Union is doing is illegal. They're abandoning their posts. They're abandoning kids and families. Enough is enough. We need them back into the classroom. And they, 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 they don't care. They absolutely don't care. Um, you know, the unions control everything. And the media goes along with them. So, but think about that. An illegal walkout. That's what she is saying. Listen to the mayor of Chicago talking about these members of the teachers. We are going to fight. Here we go. Enough is enough. We are standing firm and we are going to fight to get our kids back in in in-person learning. Period. Full stop. (laughs) The only problem is the teachers union in Chicago. They, They don't care. They're not listening. Nope. They, they're ready to take on that battle. And, 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 this, and, and I agree with this looks really bad for President Biden. They insisted um, that they were going to get the children back in the classroom. And they gave them everything supposedly they wanted. And yet they still won't. Chicago Public Schools canceling class again, fourth school day in a row. Continue the dispute over learning and reopening. What a complete disaster. How is this allowed? The teachers union, the new Manhattan DA claims he doesn't understand why there's pushback to his light on crime approach. The Chicago mayor calls out the teachers union for shutting things down. Folks, those kids, how else do you have to explain it? Chicago teacher you and crush for refusing to resume in-person learning. 
They should all be fired. But you're going to see that here. You're absolutely going to see that here where right now um, the head of the teachers union in Rhode Island, very, very powerful, Bob Walsh, he's already announcing that he thinks that all Rhode Island public schools should go to distance learning until next Tuesday. And so there's... They don't, they don't, they don't care. Um, we're going to move to distance learning until next Tuesday. Let me also see. He's also got, if the spike continues, we really need to reevaluate in-person learning. They don't want to go to school. He wants his members out. <clears throat> Let me just see. There's a lot of comments. Yeah. I like someone saying, so much for your January 5th commitment to stay in person instruction. Um, other people, wow, do your job. 98% of the rest of the country has been able to open schools safely. Yep. And then you have like the progressives. Rhode Island schools have been open since September of 2020. Going remote for a week or two is no big deal and smart and uh, blah, blah, blah. Rhode Island public schools spend 19000 per student. Give that money directly to families so they can find alternatives. I agree with that. See you next Tuesday, he called out to the students. Wow. And the children and parents called back, see you next Tuesday. What a disgrace, folks. It just is. Chicago Teachers Unions. This is uh, Corey DeAngelis on with uh, Dan Bongino. Their kids deserve a shot. Let me play this. Joining me now is a research director for the American Federation for Children, Corey DeAngelis. Corey, you've been a warrior for school choice for a long time. You know, listen, have the teachers unions here finally jumped the shark, Corey? These Chicago parents, they're American citizens. They're American citizens like all of us are no different. Their kids deserve a shot, too. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, think of it this way. If your grocery store doesn't reopen, you could take your money elsewhere. If your school doesn't reopen, you should similarly be able to take your children's education dollars elsewhere. And some governors in places like Arizona, Governor Doug Ducey already implemented a program he announced this past week that if your public school doesn't reopen, if it closes just for one day, you can take up to $7,000 of your children's education dollars to a private or homeschool type of option. as a micro school or some type of pandemic pod. Look, think about it in Chicago. They they spend over $27,000 per oh, kid per wow. year. Give that money to the parents and allow them to find some type of alternative arrangement. Yep. The private school tuition on average in Chicago is less than half that amount. It's only That's about right. $11,000 per kid. We should fund the student directly instead of the system. In that in that sense, the only, that's the only way to fix this. It's the only way to hold schools accountable so that the schools work for the kids and the families as opposed to the other way around. You're darn right. Corey DeAngelis, thank you so much for fighting this fight. I, pre- I, I communicate with uh, Corey. Folks, he is uh, terrific. Um, you know, this is an interesting question. Right now at 145, <clears throat> Ian Flanders just got back from visiting daughter and grandchildren in California. Distance learning for a week. The daughter... Her daughter, who's a teacher, had to teach from the classroom. Would teachers still have to go in and teach from the classroom with students at home? 
Um, this is just an outrageous demand. But I'm anxious to see if, in fact, anyone is going to stand up to Bob Walsh. Is anyone going to stand up to him? Or is Governor McKee, Rhode Island Governor Dan McKee, is, is Governor McKee basically going to cave and not do anything? So that's what we are now waiting to, um, that's what we're waiting to find out. Um, let's see. I want to just check one more thing, folks. Again, uh, we know that. Uh, boy, Chicago is, is the epicenter right now, though. It really is. And <laughs> I'm looking also, you know, th- these protests are going on worldwide. There's a French politician that got garbage and algae thrown on him after protesters confront him with a vaccine health passport. It's a wild scene. People are just going off. <clears throat> going off the edges here. Um, COVID is killing the nation's workforce. The Supreme Court needs to act now. Uh, I, I'm anxious to see what's going to happen in Chicago, but they, they don't care. The The teachers union in in Chicago, they, she, you know, the, the, the mayor can... She can say whatever she wants. They're not, they're not folding. And I am anxious to see exactly what's going to happen here. Um, if, in fact, I'm also seeing supermarket CEO warns of meat egg shortages. Omicron disrupts supply chain. That's not good. I enjoy Chicago Union Chief calls the mayor stupid as the fight continues. See, they don't, this is ridiculous. They should, the head of the Chicago Teacher Union called Mayor Lori Lightfoot relentlessly stupid. Third, nation's third largest district. New York is one, LA is two, Chicago is three. Chicago schools remain locked up Monday, failed to reach an agreement, ongoing talk Sunday night. The mayor's being relentless, but she's being relentlessly stupid and stubborn. According to the Chicago Sun-Times, Lightfoot has blasted the teachers' union for forcing the closure of schools by voting not to come to work due to insufficient COVID protections. They have been in their posts. They have been in the kids and families working every single day at the bargaining table. Now the difference to get it done. <clears throat> Crucial point of disagreement relates to student testing. The union wants kids to be automatically subjected to screening unless their parents object. They backed off a prior demand all students get tested prior to return to the classroom. Currently, parents must opt their kids into testing and order them to be eligible. In addition, union calls temporary switch to remote learning. <laughs> Lightfoot has rejected any closures, arguing schools are safe, distance learning, thrust parents into difficult positions. I'm going to pull that up on on Meet the Press. There are 350,000 students in the Chicago public schools. And folks, they have brought the whole system to to uh, a standstill right now because they are just refusing to go in. Um, now, I know some people are saying there's a record number of children 
hospitalized with COVID, but it's certainly not as much as the Supreme Court said. And the Supreme Court, um, they, the Supreme Court, uh, we totally got it wrong. Totally got it wrong. So, all right, this is um, the mayor of Chicago on Meet the Press. So let me start with this. Here we go. This oh, is just the way uh, what's happening in Chicago is an outsized version of what's happening in a lot of cities and a lot of communities. So let me start with this. Are kids going to be in school this week in Chicago? Well, I'm doing everything I can uh, to make sure that that happens. And to be clear, uh, what the t- Chicago Teachers Union did was an illegal walkout. They abandoned their posts and they abandoned kids and their families. Um, we are working diligently every single day at the bargaining table to narrow the differences and to get a deal done. My team has been working um, every single day. They're at, back at it again uh, here Sunday. They were at it yesterday. And we can get a deal done if there's goodwill on both sides. But fundamentally, what we cannot do is abandon the science. We know that the safest place for kids to be is in learning in school. And we've spent millions, hundreds of millions of dollars to make our schools safe. They are safe. We've got the data to demonstrate that. We've got to get the teachers union to get real and get serious about getting back into in-person. Now, again, I want to go to that piece in the New York Times that this becomes a voting issue, folks. At 151, you're listening to the John DePietro Show on AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. This becomes a voting issue. This becomes a voting issue because of what you saw go on. Parents are tired of this, and it hurts the Democrats. Now, I also want to just play this, that people are arguing the, the current approach to COVID that the Biden administration is doing, it, it's not working. It's time for a different approach. This is a good piece on Meet the Press. Can we play? Yeah, let me hear this. It's not going to be what it is now. It's going to be better. President Biden elected promising to shut down the virus. The first step I will take, we to get control of the virus, now faces an unprecedented surge. The largest influx of patients that we've ever taken care of. Nearly one in four hospitals report a critical staffing shortage. At the Luminous Health Doctors Community Medical Center in Maryland, COVID cases are up 925% since Thanksgiving. 70% of the patients are unvaccinated. It's very tough. A lot of times you just have to take a break, you cry, and you come back. And you do it all over again. As Omicron spreads, it's already crippling schools, including in Chicago, where schools were canceled this week over an ongoing conflict with the teachers union. I want my students to learn. I want my children to learn. But I also want us to stay safe. We will not pay you to abandon your posts and your children at a time when they and their families need us most. Nationwide, flights have been canceled. How are you feeling? Angry. Because <laughs> I was supposed to be home yesterday. Mass transit disrupted. In Los Angeles, so many ambulance crews are out sick. Some COVID patients have been brought to the hospital by fire truck. And we're in the middle of a tsunami. And in that tsunami, um, there's a lot of things that are going to get wet that wouldn't in a normal wave. President Biden is promising 500 million free at-home rapid test kits. But... He has promised to fix testing for a year. We're also expanding testing. We continue to work on making at-home testing available. We're committing $2 billion to purchase nearly 300 million rapid tests. Believe me, it's frustrating to me. 
but we're making improvements. And though Mr. Biden promised to restore confidence in the CDC after the Trump White House manipulated public health guidance for political ends, the CDC is under fire for messaging confusion. I'm very concerned about the CDC towing the line of whether or not we are basing our guidelines on science. On masking? Once you are fully vaccinated, two weeks after your last dose, you can shed your mask. The window for boosters? For up to six, eight, we don't, perhaps longer. Six months, five months. And most recently, a change to recommendations that people infected with the virus isolate for five days instead of ten without a testing requirement. That antigen test was actually not authorized for this purpose, and it's not, it's information would not be useful. People are getting concerned about why not test people at that time. I myself feel that that's a reasonable thing to do. Now, half a dozen former members of President Biden's COVID-19 Transition Advisory Board are calling for a new approach. It does feel like a bit of a choose-your-own-adventure. And they argue the country needs a national strategy for a new normal. And for COVID testing, surveillance, vaccines, and therapeutics. Well, the fact of the matter, folks, and again at 155, good afternoon, you're listening to the John DePietro Show. It's AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. It's Monday. The uh, weather's going to change significantly, but this portion of the program is brought by the Lodge Pub and Eatery. Pop in and see them. 40 Breakneck Hill Road in Lincoln. A delicious meal. Enjoy that unique rustic setting. Full bar, large dining area, plus they got the big new deck outside. Check it out. Lodge Pub and Eatery, 40 Breakneck Hill Road in Lincoln. Well, the uh, the fact is, it is it is going to get significantly colder. Uh, you're going to hear this over the next. Let's see. Let me just see when the temperature really starts to drop. Um, yeah, tomorrow at six at seven o'clock, it's going to be 14 degrees, and it's going to stay frigid all day. Tomorrow, the low is nine degrees. So. Right now, it's rather comfortable. It's 30, but feels like 21. But tomorrow, Tuesday and Wednesday, very cold. Low of 9. Then Thursday bounces back. And then uh, Saturday night will be the Patriots game. But this, you know, I'm monitoring this. And right now, as the teachers union is calling for Rhode Island Public Schools to go distance learning, right as of right now, at 156, I don't see any pushback from not only Governor McKee, but anyone running for governor. See, this is one of the problems that the Republican Party does not have a candidate. Because I, I think it would be a huge opening an opportunity for a Republican candidate to appeal to so many of those parents that have just had it with this this distance learning. Um, as many of you know, I mean, it, as Dr. Josh said, it's a disaster. It's really like the equivalent of shutting down the schools. It's not learning. They shouldn't call it distance learning. And as I've said, that that was so, you know, I could pull up the video and the tape of, of at the time, Governor Raimondo, that foolishness. How did that even come about? Rhode Island is number one in the country in distance learning. I don't even know what that means. 
Um, it didn't mean anything to the colleges because they discounted a lot of the grades. But this situation outraged Chicago schools remain shut for fourth day. Right now, the mayor's losing that fight. But what I think is interesting is that it helps the Republican Party and hurts the Democrat Party. I think that's safe to say that. Because, folks, as I've said, and at 158, good afternoon, you're listening to the John DePietro Show on AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. Coming up at 2, you're going to hear the 2 o'clock news in the John Deere program. Now, um, the weather's going to get very frigid uh, starting tomorrow and then Wednesday. At least right now, though, we have nice sunshine. But this is a problem. And I'm anxious to see. Let's wait and see how this thing is going to play out. There are some schools that are already going to distance learning. It's wrong. Children belong in the classroom. It's the equivalent of shutting down the school. It's the equivalent of closing the school. But as you're watching, as schools unions are watching others around the country do it, then they seem to be more inclined. And that story, you know, it just started with a tweet, but it's starting to gain some momentum and um, it, someone has got to step in here and do something because, again, if you are a parent, you should argue to your school committee that you want those, you want your children in school. Folks, they're going to, it's basically like they're going to take the month of January off. And I think it's an interesting question. They don't even, they don't even want them to go into the classroom. They're just like zooming from their kitchen and getting themselves another cup of coffee. All right, folks, listen, stay warm on this Monday. We're back tomorrow at 11. WNRI Winsocket.